Well, I mean, firing is firing is a ending of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's very analogous to a divorce and a marriage. It's the end of a relationship because things are not working out on both sides. There's there's not a win win that's going on between the two parties. And so, just like in you know, when things are going wrong in in a marriage, you're going to be sitting down with your spouse and having a conversation to try and figure it out. Where's the win win? You know, right? What what do I own? In, you know, as the husband, and what what you know, my theoretical wife, what does she uh, own in it? Right. And it's a conversation, and that's what this phase of the process is very much alike. Is to say we have a problem, Houston. Right. Right. And we need to sit down and figure this out, you know. And you can take attack of just being the authoritative boss and, and point the the finger at the employee entirely. You know, that's your right to choose to do that kind of style. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. everybody and thank you for joining us for today's episode. Andy, it's great to see you this morning. Great to see you as well. And today for our listening audience, we are going to talk about any leaders, management or business owners, probably least favorite topic and the hardest to talk about in business, which would be ceasing the employment contract, also known as firing. (laughs) Yes, it would be my number one with Travel expense reports being a close second <laughs> Yeah, for me. H- having had to do this on multiple times in my career, it's, it's no fun for anyone. Yeah. Mine was closely followed by P&L area meetings, but yeah. So, but first leading into the talk about firing it, we've got to understand it's not just a knee-jerk reaction most of the time, right? There's, yeah, mo- most process. of the time there's some thought thought behind it in making a decision. But but today we're going to break up this episode into two sections, right? We're going to talk about actions that lead up to an actual event of firing somebody and then the actual event itself and in any steps just beyond that after the person's been let go or terminated from employment. But I would say 75, 80% of the work is before the meeting even occurs. Right. And I think before we talk about firing, I mean, we've got to understand what you, I mean, what we've laid out in the hiring process, going back to last week during Mm -hmm. the hiring process, talking about job expectations, goals, things like that, and having those documented and clearly communicated. Yeah, it becomes more troublesome for a company if you don't have a process that sets goals ahead of time and have a measuring stick so that both parties, both the company and leadership and the employee themselves know what the expectations are. Right. That way you have a, like you said, a measuring stick or something to reference performance against. Right. Right. But before we get in, not to before we get into it, but to add to that, there there are three 
basic reasons for firing, right, that we mm-hmm. need to talk about to sort of set the stage for the discussion. First one being for a violation of a policy or a law, you know, whether it's out in the world or internal into into your business or your company. If you have a violation of policy that's been clearly stated at the time of hiring and typically posted everywhere within your business so that there's no doubt in anybody's minds, probably in your employee operations manual and documented in other areas. You may even have a special day during the year where you make it a, make it a point to emphasize it, particularly in the beginning of the year, just to remind everybody. You might even provide training on it. But it's clearly if you find an employee that is violating that policy, it's almost uh, certain terms for termination. Right. And it's just clearly stated up front. We won't be talking about that one a whole lot, a little bit in our discussion episode. The second one is... What we've been leaning towards, right? Employees been hired for certain reasons, skills, and talents, and you're setting out some goals for the employee for the course of the year, and you find that the employee is not moving towards the goals at a a pace that's appropriate, or even worse yet, is running away from, (laughs) from the goals, not even coming close to achieving them. And then the third way is layoffs. And we're not really, that's a business decision that's not being. A much broader decision. Much broader decision is not being caused by employee. It is, it is a reason for termination of somebody within the business. But we're just going to put that one on the, on the shelf for this episode because right. that's a whole different animal. And it's, it's really more about leadership than it is about the employee. Right. So narrowing it down to the second point, second reason for firing lack of performance or, and as you put it, running the completely Mm -hmm. opposite way. (laughs) Firing for that employee should, if they're not up to par or they're just not fulfilling their job duties, that that firing should never be a surprise. No, it shouldn't. If it's done properly and you want to minimize your risk to legal action against you as a business, afterwards, it should never be a surprise. Right. I mean, the employee should see it coming. There should be fair warning. There should be documentation. Mm-hmm. Right. Back when I was in corporate management, it, you know, you know, it was kind of antiquated because we did everything on paper still. <laughs> but, you know, we had binders with each employee's file, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, we did too. And every single write up, every single, even, even if it wasn't a write up, even if it was a warning document it, have them sign it. Mm-hmm. So there is a a track record and they know, right? I mean, in that, when, I mean, with employees doing annual reviews, things like that should be a normal place anyways right. to keep them involved and everything. But especially right. when performance is slipping, right? There should be a number of meetings. There should be a, hey, we need, you know, here's where you are. Here's where we need you to be kind of conversations. And, Again, always, always document that. And like we've stated in other episodes, if you want an employee engaged, particularly in this conversation and trying to get a change in behavior, it's always good and appropriate to explain the why Mm -hmm. behind it, right? Because in a lot of ways, you need to say more than just, we need you to do this. Okay. There's a very. Are few you a select- parent now, or are you a what? What? What are you now? There's a select few type of people that will actually respond to that. There's a personality type, but most people are not. Right. I mean, you give me personally. If you tell me to do something, if you give me the why behind it and it mm-hmm. makes sense, I'm going to go do it. Right. I just need to know the why. Well, you're hope you're hoping an employee gets to that point by talking about why we need to do this. What kind of results? Can we as a company expect to have if right. you behave in this way and achieve these results and goals? And that's the reason why we're asking you to do this. You're going to get more buy-in. Well, and they're going to respond better to the to the coaching from that meeting. Right. Right. And from that meeting should also stem an action plan. There should be, we call it an improvement plan. Mm-hmm. Right. We call it a PIP. So... 
timelines of expected performance mm-hmm. results, mm-hmm. improvement. And what I always used to practice and what I still practice, I mean, now I work with all independent contractors, things mm-hmm. like that. So there's not a firing process. Right. Right. But when I was in the corporate world and had W-2 employees working for me, things like that, I would always make sure on the front end, I opened myself up first to say, hey, what don't you is there something you don't understand? Is there something I can do better for you that can help you perform better? And that's taking more of a coaching point of view to the conversation and right. how you manage employee as opposed to just being a boss. Right. And right. Cause you're, you're, you're bringing a little bit of empathy to the table. You're, you're saying I'm in, trying to be in partnership with you, mm-hmm. want the best for you. And I might, I might need to own some of this, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you didn't have enough proper training. You know, maybe you've been coming to me asking for help and I've been ignoring you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very much a two-way kind of conversation at this point in the process, trying to figure out together how to get better performance, right. better behavior out of the employee. Because, I mean, mo- most management even, most business owners, management leaders, Firing is an F word, right? Mm. Nobody likes it. There may be this sadistic power trippers that do, but they shouldn't be in leadership anyways. But from being in a spot where we build teams and things like that, once you develop leaders and productive employees and you put the time and the money in to train them, turnover is not your friend most of the time, Mm. right? So, during that process, it shouldn't be how much paper I can get to fire them. It should be how do I limit the amount of paperwork I have to do to better them? How do I get them on this improvement plan and get mm-hmm. them to fulfill said improvement plan? Get them up to, to par, if you will, right? I just wanted to put that in as a disclaimer because I don't think any of us want to fire people ideally. We want to find somebody, hire them, put the time in, and they stick. Right. Right. Well, I mean, firing is firing is a ending of a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's very analogous to a divorce and a marriage. It's the end of a relationship because things are not working out on both sides. There's there's not a win win that's going on between the two parties. And so, just like in you know, when things are going wrong in in a marriage, you're going to be sitting down with your spouse and having a conversation to try and figure it out. Where's the win-win? You know, what, right. what, what do I own in, you know, as the husband and what, what, you know, my theoretical wife, what does she uh, own in it? Right. And it's a conversation. And that's what this phase of the process is very much alike is to say, we have a problem Houston. Right. Right. And we need to sit down and figure this out. You know, and you can take attack of just being the authoritative boss and, and point the, the finger at the employee entirely, you know, that's your right to choose to do that kind of style. But your ability to get the employee to change is going to, in my opinion, be a lot less Mm -hmm. than if you approach it as a coach and say, I might have something in this. And if I do, I want to figure out what it is so that I can change my behavior or do some actions or something that's going to contribute to success between the two of us. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what this all, you know, this phase of discussion should all be about is what does the employee own? What do I own as the supervisor, boss, and how can we brainstorm here together to to make it work? To not have to break up. And that, and that should be the attitude going into the meeting. Now, you might right. exit at a very different point if the other person's not playing. Right. Again, same as a relationship. It's gotta, there's got to be two to tango. Right. Right. So, and then getting to that point is coming out of that meeting. Again, there's got to be set timelines is, you know, the action plan. Yes. But also, hey, once we leave this meeting, how long, how long is this lack of performance or this misbehavior, if you will, going to be tolerated? Right. Right. Because it couldn't, it could be more than just not lack of performance. It could be just not getting along with other coworkers. It's not necessarily against policy. It's not an immediate fire, but it's something that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Right? Not being a team player, whatever it may be. But 
It may be something about the culture of the environment. Right. You need to address it. You might need to pull in some other people in a subsequent meeting after this one to try and rectify what the issue is with hopes that if you can, then this employee's performance is going to go up. Right. That's always a possibility. They may not be a good culture fit. You know, you may end up letting them go anyway, but at least both sides know that it just was not a good fit. Right. And again, that's where the open communication line also comes in. Just like, again, using the analogy of a relationship, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. It's not going to work. But having that open line of communication to where that employee can, in that meeting, ask them, hey, how do you feel about this? Because they may feel the exact same way you do, and it may be mutual that, hey, this isn't the best fit for either of us. Yeah, and I think as a as a business owner or, or a boss, you have to understand that out, out in the world that the number one reason that employees leave is because of their relationship with their manager. Yep. And I think you'll end up in a better place if you can walk into these conversations with your employee to understand that a lot of it may be because of our relationship. And here's an opportunity for you as an employee and me as the manager to have this conversation and see if we can't get to a better place as a relationship before either the manager takes the first step and actually fires an employee or the employee takes the first step and leaves. Right. Either way, it's still separation. It's still ends up in the same end result. And it's not a good, trust me, I've been there. It's not a good spot to be sitting there and have an employee walk in, say that they're leaving the company and you get the succinct feeling it's because of me. Right. That they're leaving. You know, that takes a lot of soul searching to figure out how am I going to not allow that to happen in the future. Right. What work do I need to do? So, if you then, after you've communicated, 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 have to come to a conclusion that you have to make the decision to terminate. Yeah, it's always good to put in your mind, this goes back to how long the behavior will be tolerated. Hopefully in your timeline, when you have the discussion with the employees, you say, here's the game plan. We're going to meet back in two weeks or we're going to meet back in three weeks or four mm-hmm. weeks or whatever you feel like is an appropriate time frame. You're going to have to have in your head how many of those you're going to allow to happen before you get to a point where you need to make the decision to terminate the relationship. Right. And that's going to go a lot into that timeline building on your first initial meeting, but you really need to have that in your head before you start the first conversation with the employee. Right. And that's what we did at Boeing Weather Pips. You know, we basically had a timeline with two meetings. You had two opportunities to show behavior change. And if you didn't after the two, then it was termination. And it was pretty laid out in policy. Right. So everybody knew. So we were talking earlier about documenting. Mm Mm-hmm. It's always a good tip or a good policy that once you've made in your head and heart that it's time to terminate to get legal counsel involved. Right. To review all the notes that you hopefully been taking since you hired the person. Like you said, you had a file. So Mm -hmm. bring the whole file. Here's the history of the relationship between myself and the business with this employee and lay it out for an attorney and see if what your risk exposure is when you do terminate the employee for something coming back mm-hmm. and it not hurting the company. You want to make sure, like you said, you protect the company. There's due reason to fire because this is why you would consult an employment attorney mm-hmm. because each state has different employment laws. And for example, being located in Georgia, working in Georgia, it's technically a right to work state. So, it's at will firing right? as long as it's not discriminatory reasons based on age, sex, gender, et cetera, then a company can fire mm-hmm. without any repercussions, but not every state is that way. Right. 
I mean, more, more are not than are. So consulting that employment attorney to protect you, to make sure there's due process, there's nothing, there's not going to be any repercussions that come from a legal standpoint mm-hmm. for the company. Because so, that could get very nasty. Yeah. So employment law is a serious thing to be concerned about. And, and that's why we emphasized that in the last episode about establishing a relationship with an employment attorney that can help you out with things. Because as soon as you make that decision and you, that one person walks to the door and you employ them, then all those rules and laws kick in. Yep. And you got to, you know, that creates the sandbox, so to speak, with which you can play in as a company with employees. And you got to play within that sandbox because if you don't, then person has a right to come back and sue you and even create more damage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already sort of a, a dent in the side of the car to have to fire somebody. Something right. didn't work out. But you get into legal action and all of a sudden that car may be taken away from you. Right. It's, n- it's not something to sneeze at, so to speak. And that's that's the, the main reason why you're documenting things is mm-hmm. to pr- is to protect you and the company from the possibility if there are legal actions of being able to prove that you follow due process, they were given plenty of notice. And just as you and I were talking before we started recording, it's about choice. You know, we have way back when a previous episode talked about the power of choice in the human being, right? So right. You're giving the employee a choice as to how they're going to show up in their job and in their career. And every time you have a meeting and you're documenting things and giving timelines and so forth, you're putting all the power back into the lap of the employee in making a choice. And that's the way you want it to be. You don't want it to be always falling into your lap. You know, it falls into your lap when you're not providing adequate training or other giving the proper tools and so forth to make the employee successful. Then it's on you Mm -hmm. as the manager or the owner of the business. But if you're providing all the right things and providing an environment and a culture for the employee to succeed and they don't succeed, then the onus falls back on the employee through their power of choice. Mm -hmm. And that's where you want to be from a legal perspective, from a risk management perspective and so forth. So if you have, if you have decided to fire somebody, you're also going to have to make a decision about what comes afterwards. Right. Right. You know, when, if it's a violation of a, of a stated policy or a rule of law within the state or within the country, then it's easy. You're done. Done, done. But whatever you've worked up to this point, we cut you a paycheck and you're done. But if you're doing it for performance, then you have to figure out from a culture perspective, a strategy perspective, a reputation perspective, what are you going to do? Are you going to provide a certain number of days of benefits, particularly health insurance, if you have it and so forth, that you're still going to allow them to be on your policy? Are you going to pay them through the month, even though they didn't work the whole month? All those type things come into consideration and that from a brand management perspective and everything. Mm-hmm. And you need to sort of decide that policy up front when you're starting your business and then just follow through when these type of events occur. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, knowing employment law is key there as well, because you may be required in some instances by law to keep certain things in place for X number of months or weeks or days after the actual termination happens. Mm-hmm. So, again, circling back to understanding employment laws, um, consulting an attorney about that, and having somebody like that in your back pocket. Right. So that sort of wraps up the discussion on pre-planning, pre-planning, or before the meeting. So, and like I said, that covers about seventy, eighty percent of it. You know, if you're going to have a successful quote program of employment and hiring people and what you do if you run across a uh, situation where you have to let somebody go, that's where the bulk of the work is, is all right. up front. So, again, after you've decided everything, done all the consulting needed, and the decision is made, again, to 
conduct the termination, the mm-hmm. final, the final meeting, if you will. Let's talk about how to conduct that because that is for, for businesses reputation for the employees feeling leaving the company, mm-hmm. et cetera. That is very, very crucial that that is conducted correctly. Right. So, you know, going back to the divorce analogy, right. It's, it's that time when both parties in the marriage are sitting across the table in a lawyer's office, signing right. all the final paperwork. And it's a rather emotionally charged environment and situation. Right. One of the most stressful situations in life mm-hmm. is when this occurs. So we have to be prepared for that environment, that right. situation, that type of event in life. So I think the first piece, and this is something I've always, you know, I've always taken with me in business was praise in public, reprimand in private. Mm-hmm. And firing, termination falls under reprimanding, of course. Right. So that meeting has got to be held where you're not going to have eavesdroppers or there's no distractions. Right. A private office, a private place with the door closed. Yeah, to have a serious conversation, right? Right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have a serious conversation about your marriage with your wife at a Braves game. Doesn't make any sense, right? No. You know, it's going to be in your living room or somewhere private where it's just the two of you having the conversation. Right. And unlike a relationship, you should also never go into it just yourself and the employee that you're terminating. Right. 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 You want somebody there as a witness so that you don't run into a situation of a um, he said, she said type environment. Right. Right. Particularly if it does go into the court system later on, you don't want finger pointing and- You just want facts. It's gonna increase your risk all the more of having having issues down the line. So might get the employment lawyer that you hired to get involved as the witness, maybe somebody else in the company that has no position or conflict, if you will, with the person that's involved. Right. So that they're truly or as independent as they can be to sit there and take notes and and just be a witness that can mm. testify in, in a court case later on or something of that nature. But then while conducting the meeting, right? I mean, again, nobody likes a boss. Mm-hmm. And that old school style of, I mean... Just use an example here, not to get political at all, but think back to The Apprentice, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Just, you're fired. Right. No, <laughs> right? Not TV firing, but actually getting in and still taking the position of empathy with the employee, right? Because as a as a business owner, as a leader, as a manager even, and this should be part of the culture with training management up as well, is taking an empathetic approach because you also have to realize that through terminating that employee, you're at least for a period of time completely cutting off their livelihood. Yes. Right. And yanking that out from under them. So that is, that's shaking up their whole world. Yeah. And I'll try to stay off my soapbox but when I, <laughs> talk to people a lot, coach them through leadership. I try to emphasize over and over and over again the impact that leadership has on people's lives. It's a tremendous responsibility, and it's not one to be taken lightly. Right. You know, we, we all have, well, I want to get into leadership because I know I'm going to get paid more and this, that, and so forth. Is it yes, you're getting paid more because there is more responsibility that's being put on your shoulders as a leader. But you need to take that seriously to understand your decisions have impact on people, even if you're not firing people, just their work life. Right. How they're doing their jobs and so forth, you're you're having a major impact on that. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be a little bit introspective when you come into a firing session to say, to have some empathy to say, I understand. It, to a certain degree, putting my feet into your shoes, sitting on the other side of the table, I'm letting you go. 
And I understand the impact that this decision is making mm-hmm. in your life. And therefore, I'm showing some empathy in it. That doesn't mean I'm changing my mind. I'm feeling like this is the best thing as the business owner or representative of the owner in the company, that this is the best thing for both parties because it's not working. But to be empathetic in it says, I understand. I'm bringing an attitude of I understand the magnitude of what is happening today. And I'm going to be somewhat empathetic in my approach and how I say things, how I approach things in the conversation and so forth. You're, you're going to have the person on the other side walk away without as much anger and angst and everything else. If they feel like the person across the table is doing this difficult thing, but I feel like they truly understand the right. impact it's making on my life. And they still care. They right? still care. I think another good point is, you know, this is already a difficult process. Don't, don't, if you will, just slowly pull that Band-Aid off and draw the meeting on, right? You Mm -hmm. want this process to be clear, concise, and to the point. Right. Right? Because if you just ramble and ramble and ramble, one, the person that you're letting go is going to see it as just a berating session. Right, you're going to lose mm-hmm. that empathetic touch the longer yes. you go. Yes, right. Just sort of a ru- rubbing it in kind of feeling. It gets very awkward, and right. Let me go ahead and pour some more salt in the wound. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what I always used to do when I would have to let somebody go is I would have an outline and have a plan mm-hmm. for the meeting right. to make sure because I'm the world's worst when I'm talking to somebody, Andy. I mean. We're best friends. I mean, you know, I can get on tangents and go two miles down the road before I come back to my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the world's best at it, but I would make sure that wasn't the case in those meetings. Just having an outline, having a plan. And well, a lot of times it's it's better for the employee to sort of process those feelings on their own. Right. You know, and the longer you the longer you cause the meeting to go because you're over explaining things, you're overthinking things, you feel like you have to explain it to, you know, to the nth degree. They're they're having to sit in that room process their feelings more and more and more with you, just like you said, pulling pouring salt into the wounds. And it's not a good feeling. It's just gonna make their feelings of awkwardness and anger and everything else. Just go higher and higher and higher as you keep talking about it. Just they, they don't have any private time yet to, right. to process the feelings. And it may come as a, you know, it shouldn't come as a surprise like we talked about. There should right. be due reason. And I was always one to give not just second chances, but third and fourth. Right. Because I wanted to see the best in people. I really believe as a leader, you should try to see the best in people that you hire. I mean, you're investing Mm -hmm. in them, right? But just stick to the point, let them know, hey, at, you know, we gave you a performance plan. You didn't meet specific requirements. We're going to have to let you go, Mm -hmm. but taking that empathetic approach. Yeah. And use that and use that process as the reasoning behind it, right? Right. That they were participating in that process the whole time with you. Again, the, the why behind determination mm-hmm. always start with why i mean mm-hmm. you can use that in so many different contexts including here but then going back to the planning method is did you decide and depending this is going to depend on their level in the company as well as severance packages mm-hmm. things like that or detailing to them in documentation i'm always a fan of over documentation here's exactly what you're going to receive for X number of weeks, or we're going to pay you through the end of the month, like you said. Right. And I typically have them sign off on it to make sure that everything was in the file, that they acknowledged it, and all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. Right. Because once they leave the room, and we'll get get into here in just a second, things that should happen after they leave the room, but once they leave the building... You don't want them back in your environment because it is such a charged emotional thing. Right. And it not only affects two people or three people in the room, it's affecting those outside of the room. Mm-hmm. What's the analogy? Because they have work colleagues, right? They have relationships over there. So it's 
Yeah, the main relationship that's being severed is between the employee and the business through the route of the manager and so forth. But it, it's also a termination of this person not being in this environment anymore. Mm-hmm. And they have established relationships as coworkers with everybody else. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it, I love the analogy of like, a bowl of peaches or something, if you have one peach that mm-hmm. is is starting to mold or rot on one side, I mean, not that may sound like a harsh analogy, but you take it out of the bowl, you don't put it back in the bowl because you can put a, you know, molded peach or a starting to rot peach, an overly ripe peach next to good peaches. Mm-hmm. And I'm using peaches just because they happen the quickest, but any fruit really and it starts to spread. And it's the same analogy. You don't want to reintroduce somebody that could have a negative attitude or anger yeah, towards the company into that bowl. If the if their behaviors are toxic right. in the work environment, then a lot of cases, uh, the other people are going to be happy to see the person leave. But if their performance, if they weren't being toxic, they just weren't performing at their job. They may right. have established relationships there that people are going to be very sad to see the right. person leave. They might understand it. Hopefully they understand it. Hopefully they understand, but especially but, if they were well-liked. Mm-hmm. They can have a great personality, but not be performing at their job. I've, I've seen that. And, you know, I had to really fight to not take too much backlash from that. Mm-hmm. It, it was, that's typically one of the harder things is when it's somebody that's more popular in the organization. Yes. But it's not a performer. It, that's typically not the case if it's a policy violation because everybody understands the policy and they totally get the reasons behind it and they probably wish the person hadn't done it if they're well-liked. Right. There'd be a lot of disappointment in the room. But if it's performance and the person's well-liked, that's the situation where you're going to have a lot of, what's the right word? A lot of after-event work to do with your right. team to sort of do some healing right. after the event. But then... Once the meeting's over, I mean, everything's said and done, details are in place, make sure you give the employee space, right? Or former employee at that point, I guess. Right. Right. Um, Well, you have to give them enough time to be able to go back to their desk or their work area and collect things that they immediately need, like like a purse, car keys, those items of note. That they can personal effects, personal effects that they they immediately need to be able to leave the premises and get back home, right? And you should accompany them to it, right? Not so much to make sure that they do it, but probably more to keep any interaction happening Mm -hmm. with other employees that may cause an issue for you in, in the workplace, right? Just to protect culture. I mean, not to sound harsh, but to protect culture, mm-hmm. make sure productivity is still there, right? Well, I mean, the, the employees may want to give out hugs or show expression of caring and so forth, and that's fine. But do that outside the office after business hours, right? you know, where you're outside the culture, outside the work environment. So that's a big key of, is to keep other employees at bay, give the employees some, some time to collect their things, and then escort them to the door. Hopefully, wish them luck. Right. You know, so show so continue to show a little bit of empathy as they leave. And then either before they leave or in a phone call or email afterwards, give them an opportunity to come back and collect those things that they, of theirs that was not their, they don't have an immediate need to be able to get themselves out the door right. and back home. Right. And most likely do it after business hours. It's a tough subject, man. It is. We've got some silences <laughs> In between our thoughts today, because it's just such a such a tough topic. It's not one I enjoy talking about by any means. No. One of the least favorite things about corporate management. But because I've always I was always a people person. I love people. Mm-hmm. But you know, making sure too that they get their belongings, everything that's theirs is theirs, but also making sure the company gets theirs back, that you get yours back. Right. right. If you've had company eh, company provided technologies, uniform pieces, things like that. Badges. Badges, key cards. Key cards. Which um, that should probably be retrieved. Credit cards. The, right. 
you know, if they're allowed to travel for the company, you might have provided them with a company credit card to be able to put travel expenses on you to, to get that back from them. Anything that's company property. Right. And I think that should, you know, that should be detailed in a policy termination process in how to return those. Right. right. That way they know ahead of time it's in writing. I mean, the more details, the better when it comes to policy, honestly. And and another possible option, this is something that Boeing did with me when they severed my employment through a layoff, was all, all those things that were still on my desk after this, they put it in a box and sent it to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another possible option. Uh, just right. be up. Just be up front with the employee. Boeing didn't do that with me. I had no idea how I was going to get that stuff. I was expecting a phone call and be able to go back and collect it after hours. But they put it in a box and sent it to me without notice. So all of a sudden, one day, I had this box on my front door. And I'm like, what is this? And opened it up. It was everything of mine on my yeah. desk that I didn't immediately need when I needed to get home after the meeting. But then, you know, the final piece, I mean, after belongings are exchanged, returned, everything, everybody has theirs. You can't kind of take the, oh, everybody back to work approach. No. Right. You see that too often. But especially, you know, I love referencing our episode on the tribe. A a company is a tribe, right? And they're all part of that family of that tribe Mm -hmm. fulfilling a certain role. And they've got to be somewhat included. It can't be complete exclusion because, one, that's when, you know, you get uh, Chatty Cathy or Gossiping Gabby in the corner, right, that, did you hear why they got fired, (laughs) right? And the rumor mill starts. Well, all kinds of speculation starts occurring. Right. Right. And so it's important to... A lot of assumption going on. We know what happens when you assume. Yes, all too well. (laughs) (laughs) But um, making sure that we have a a brief meeting with the rest of our team, the people that should be included, especially if they were close with the employee, right? Right. To make sure that, hey, you know, not to go into too much detail, but here's what happened. I hate that it happened. Again, taking an empathetic approach so they see that, yeah, this hurt you too. Mm -hmm. But that it had to happen and the why behind it. And it's also setting expectations for the rest of the team and letting it's reestablishing those performance standards as well, potentially. Yeah, sort of sets the tone, sets the culture to say, we're not kidding about this stuff. You know, we're serious about achieving our goals and getting the performance that we need and the reason why we hired you and so forth. But you also want to, another reason for doing this whole process and and making it such that firing is not a surprise Mm -hmm. is that you're also communicating to the other employees that you're going to get a fair shake. It's not just a, Oh, you didn't do, do something and it's immediate fire. You're going to get a, a fair shake at this. Right. And that's our policy and that's our culture. And you can expect the same kind of approach mm-hmm. if for some reason you were to fall into the same bucket. Right. That we're trying to be fair about this and we're trying to provide opportunity to fix behaviors or fix performance to a level that we need, which is the right and fair thing to do. And says something about the values you're portraying within your company and within mm-hmm. your culture is is trying to find that that thin gray line, if you will, of fairness between the goals of an organization and the business and the goals of an individual. And you also have to th- also think about privacy of the person that just got let let go. Right. You know, it's it's a tough moment. Like we said before, it's going to be affecting their life. And some people might want to keep that very private, you know. So it's not saying you can't ever communicate with that person outside of the office, but just be aware that some people may consider it be private and be general, if you will, in your approach. We try to approach them and have a discussion with them about what went on. Right. Um, Sometimes you just don't know how people react to those type events. Some may be delayed as well. 
So, yes, particularly after they've had some time to think about it. But as we stated before, at the end, what you want to have happen, I mean, the, the ideal, if you will, not that anything of this is ideal, but the ideal situation is that the employee can walk away, process their feelings about it, and hopefully take ownership of what they what they should own in that relationship and in that process. Right. And then hopefully do something about it in their lives. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. what we're here for. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's hopefully you're picking up on things through our podcast that can help you with that from that standpoint. But I, I think even if we go back to our analogy on a divorce, if the husband and wife can walk away from a divorce and have their own introspective moments and think about what they contributed to the reasons why the separation occurred and learn from it and grow from it, then the husband and wife are going to be in a better spot in life and can can move on and hopefully find a better situation for themselves down the road. It's the same thing with this kind of separation. Mm -hmm. Can the business be in a better spot? Can be in a better spot because they find another employee to sit in that chair that can perform in a way that they're contributing and generating value within the company, as well as an opportunity for the person that is let go to do some introspection and think about it and put a game plan together. Like we've talked in previous episodes from a self-leadership perspective to put themselves in a better place and have success in the future. Right. That's the ideal situation. That's not to say it's going to happen. I mean, it takes takes actions and beliefs and feelings on all all parties involved to get to that point. Right. That's the, that's the healthiest that could happen out of it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it always happens that way in life, unfortunately. So I think that's probably enough. I'm kind of on <laughs> yeah. a downer right now. I know. <laughs> all right, so next week's going to be super positive. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to put this episode to bed, use it as a resource, but don't dwell on it, please, because it's such a downer, right? This is just one to pull out of your back pocket when um, needed. When needed. It's kind of like a fire extinguisher. You don't want to yeah. have to use it, but yeah. yeah. I don't know it'll be one of our most popular episodes, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't um, address it for a business owner because it is a fact of life. I'll be concerned if it is one of our more, more popular episodes. So I'm going to need you all to reach out to us individually and we'll talk. There's probably some front end processes we need to fix or people skills for that matter. But yeah, I think that really sums up a, the quote unquote ideal firing process that's not ideal. But we appreciate everybody tuning in this week. Well, it's the one, it's the one that decreases the risk. For a business, right? The right. most. So so you can continue to generate value. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, so you can play the infinite game. Yes, exactly. I love how all this all ties together. Just right? all it's, it's so there's just a method an, to this madness of our episodes. Circle. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So and again, y'all give us a follow. Help us play the infinite game, generate value, hashtag, mm-hmm. etc. <laughs> But we appreciate everybody that tunes in. Thank you for spending your time with us. We hope it's valuable for you. And Andy, any parting words? No, no, <laughs> not on this one. I usually have a, a lot of thoughts and parting words I like to leave on. But this one is having gone through it myself on both sides and so forth. It's just whether you're talking about the marriage piece or the business piece, I've been been through yep. it all in life and it's not fun. No. It's very stressful. But in the end... Over the long term, I've been laid off once and fired once, but each time I've put myself in a better place after it. I've been married and divorced twice, and each time I've put myself in a better place. And that a lot of that's because I took a growth mentality. I was introspective on my contributions to it, put a game plan together to generate more value in this world and go out and be in a better place. And I've been fairly successful at that and very proud of myself for that. And that's Part of the reason why I do what I do now as a coach is to help help people achieve the same level of success in their life, even though those big road bumps and those things that don't feel good at all in the world right. come your way, that there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. You got to do the work, but you can get yourself there. Right. And that's why we're here. So that being said, as Zach said, hit that follow button. 
It's it's dis- it's disguised ahead. as a subscribe button, but hit that follow button. We need to change it. Yeah, we need to make that with a more norm in the industry yeah. and so the subscribe button for a number of reasons. But let's wrap it up for today. I uh, hope you tune in next Tuesday for our next episode and have a great day. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.